pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost. The solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very sincerely and respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. This is episode 145, and today we are talking about Saving Private Ryan. I had to say that nice and slow, make sure I didn't say the other other name. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew Morphine to the Leg Jimison. Oh, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> say, say that again, Andrew. I totally screwed up. I didn't have your fader up. Say it again. <laughs> Bonsoir, monsieur. Thank you. All right. I'm sorry. I screwed up the joke. Uh, oh. um, <laughs> That's just sad. I know. I'm sorry. Um... Hey, live! It's live podcasting, legacy podcasting at its finest. Um, we'll fix it in post. No, we won't. <laughs> That's the funny part because I'm not going to do it um, unless Sam drops more f words in German. I'm not fixing it. Um, well, yeah. Uh, corny Fubar Logan. Um, once again, he's super busy. May or may not show up. So he may or may not show up. So his middle name is actually super appropriate tonight. And Sam wants to take his typewriter everywhere vector. Absolutely. And just so you know, Sean, mm-hmm. I if you were ever shot in the neck, I promise I wouldn't run to help. Oh. I would just I would sit back and make sure that I don't get shot, um, and kind of watch you there. You would you would actually use uh you would take the body of somebody else dead and roll it over to help protect me. Is that what you do? I'd throw rocks at you. Oh, you throw rocks at me while I'm bleeding there dying. Yeah. Oh, you're so yeah. what a good friend you are. Well maybe try to knock you out or something, you know, to, to, to alleviate the pain. Oh yeah, sure. Hit me with small rocks. I don't I'm sure that'll do it. <laughs> uh all right. Well oh, uh, oh. thank you for that, Sam. Um this is Yep, yep. That um, Saving Private Ryan, 1998. Saving Private Ryan. So what's it doesn't up? it doesn't feel like it was that. I mean, in the nine is this a 90s movie? I can't yeah. believe it was that far long ago. Know, it just right? seems it's been part of the I don't know social cog consciousness that it just doesn't seem to be a 90s movie anymore right. for some reason. And it doesn't look old and bad. So no, it still looks that, great. Yeah. So let's pull up a comfy chair and dive into this movie. Um, Saving Private Ryan, 1998, like I said, directed by your Steven Spielberg. Uh, we've done, Spielberg. We've done by several... the way, I'm loving, I'm loving how Netflix is starting to add more Spielberg stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, um, he is uh, 70, I believe. Is he really? Good Lord. Today or yesterday was his birthday. Uh, born December 18th, yeah. So a couple of days ago. Good for him. A couple of days ago, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, according to his bio, is undoubtedly one of the most influential film personalities in the history of film. Um, mm-hmm. And I, um, 
I don't actually, I, I don't disagree. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, for, he's okay. one of my favorites. He is. He's great. But for his known for Saving Private Ryan, great. Schindler's List, I got gotcha. you. Okay, catch me if you can. Um, all right. I AI, what? Where's Jurassic Park? No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that what it's underneath this thing? I thought. I'm sorry. I thought you were doing that off the top of your head. No, no, known for. I was about to say. Wait a second. What about Jurassic Park? What no, about Jaws? No, according to to IMDb, yeah, it's not Jaws, which changed horror film, changed horror film forever, or changed film. Yeah, or Jurassic yeah. Park Wait, the releases and yeah. Yeah, yeah, or Jurassic Park, which also changed the film industry. You know, with computers. No, we're just gonna. Ugh. Talk about catch me if you can with freaking what's his name? Anyway, DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Good for him. All right. Anyway, whatever. Um, sorry, I went to click director. Uh, I am kind of a little upset though that he's directing another Indiana Jones movie. I'm just gonna say. Mm, maybe he'll learn a lesson from the last one though. Let's hope. We need someone like JJ to do it, do another Indiana Jones. The yeah. the only so, uh, fanboy, you know. The only thing that makes me happy about it, or not happy, that gives me hope, a new hope even, is that um, George Lucas is nowhere near this thing. That's true. Um, uh-huh. So that that kind of gives me some hope. And um, speaking of hope, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think the three of us watched. Rogue One this weekend, right? Mm, yeah. So yes, sir. we're going to do our typical uh, um, Saving Private Ryan episode, and we might spend the last 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, we will give you a spoiler alert for that. So if you want to just end the show at that point, that's fine. Um, or now, if even. No, I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. Yeah, they've, they've already ended it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just downloaded it just so they can uh, give, me, give us credit for the download and I guess, yeah. yeah. It was a mistaken, you know, download. It was yeah. one of those where they're like, "Oh, all right, might as well just delete it." I actually have had a couple of my new coworkers said, "Oh, I found your podcast and I downloaded it." I'm like, "I don't even care if you listened, as long as we get the download." That's funny because <laughs> 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 the numbers help. Anyway, it's funny. We um, are download whores. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. We're, we're Whatever listen, it takes. Listener horse too. I mean, gosh, you know. Um. In fact, we're so bad, we'll, we'll even take your money to put you on our show. That's um, right. Uh, we, should, uh, we should encourage more people to go to GoFundMe.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews. We're still doing that. And yep. you can uh, yep. donate 25 bucks, get you on the show. That's right. Two listeners, yep. Michael and uh, Alan, did that. We have a third yep. listener that donated the requisite amount, but he has not picked his movie. So waiting on you there, uh, Andrew. Uh, is his name, not you, obviously. Not me. Andrew. No. Um, but speaking of you, Andrew, uh, please, sir, what is, just in case no one knows what Saving Private Ryan is, is is this a movie about, you know, he, Private Ryan goes to, G, to, to church and he gets saved? What What is uh, this movie about? Well, <laughs> not exactly, but there are some churches. After the invasion of Fortress Europe on June 6, 1944, Captain Miller leads his squad on a mission to find and bring home Private James Francis Ryan after the death of his brothers. Okay. I guess that's probably a little bit better than what IMDb said. Yeah. Yeah. Which is It, it goes on. Do you want me to go on? No, I'm fine. Thank just, you. Okay. No, I'm yeah, fine. IMDb is basically pew pew bang bang. <laughs> 
Dirt. Uh, explosion. <laughs> pew, pew. Nazis. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, Nazis. Oh. Um, no. Why are you? What? It's so weird. Anyway. Um, sorry, IMDb again. You're, you're just all over the place today. Uh, starring your Tom Hanks, your uh, Tom Sizemore, uh, uh, and then a bunch of other people. Basically, this movie was like a, oh, yeah, I forgot he was in it kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, with your... Uh, <laughs> Your Barry Pepper and your Adam Goldberg and your holy crap, that's Vin Diesel in his first film. I am Groot. Yeah, my gosh. And oh yeah, Giovanni Ribisi is in this. And um, oh yeah, of course Matt Damon. Yeah. What? Wait, is that Ted Danson? What are you doing in this thing? Wait, Paul Giamatti. You're yeah. like good job Spielberg for getting him way before <laughs> he was cool to you know to have in your movies. So um, that's 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 Joe Pesci. The, the, no, no, Joe Pesci. I don't think he would have fit in this. You movie. sure? Pretty sure. Um, That's how all the cool drugs go, though. Uh, yeah. So, so sure, yeah. he had an uncredited uh, speaking part. Maybe he did. I I don't think yeah. he did, but uh, Soldier on the Beach, the one that was in half. The 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 one from New Jersey, screaming yeah. for his mom. Like, look at me! Look at me! I'm down here. Yeah. <laughs> he was the one New carrying Jersey. his arm. Uh, I actually have some trivia about that. So, oh good, uh, yeah. So, and, and, and please, people don't 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 think we're being. Oh I, yeah, you know, I hate to make jokes about about this. Okay, type so of thing. I guess we. I don't know. Should we? I don't know. So I'll, I will just simply say this: the last two movies that we've done were war-related movies, and obviously this one is very. Yeah, mentioned the middle of World War Two. Any jokes we're making are going to be pretty much at the expense of each other in the film. Obviously, we're not laughing at the actual men Real, and women yeah. who gave their lives so that we can be free. Um, Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't. Please don't take it that way. I don't please. think anyone that listens to this show that has at least been a a, a a listener for the last at least few episodes would would think that of us. But I'm just going to say it out loud. So just to say it. Yeah. Um, yep. I know this isn't the first time for any of us watching this movie. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, this is your first time? Well, I had seen parts of it before, but, and I thought that I had seen the whole movie, but apparently I had not. Oh, wow. Well, then you lead off, sir. Yeah. All right. Um, I had caught maybe 15, 20 minutes of this sometime in the past. Um, what part did you catch? The did beginning. The beginning. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and so I got to see the storming of the beach and the basically slaughter that happened, um, and just the probably the most graphic uh, war. Well, the most graphic fifteen minutes of a war film that I think is out there and has ever been done, uh, but probably the most realistic. And I dare say this would be. I mean, it was difficult for me to watch. But if I had served in the military and especially in war uh, or even in that specific battle, I don't think I could even watch a moment of it. Um, but uh, the, the entire film itself, I think, was, was done well. I won't say that it's my favorite Tom Hanks role, um, but we'll get into those as we do our top three. But uh, I think he did okay in it. Um, but again, um, I enjoyed the movie for what it was, uh, and I'm a historical buff. I like watching things that are uh, based in history 
And so this one didn't disappoint in that fact. I thought the acting was done well for the most part. Um, I, I could connect with each character. Uh, and, you know, it, it really kind of hit home w- with some parts of the movie, um, especially at the end, for me anyway. It's a very solemn moment. So. Right on. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Sam. This, uh, I, I love this movie, first of all. I've seen it many times. But I believe this is the first time I've seen it all the way through after being a father. And for some reason, that completely changed my, <laughs> as my wife is trying to get my dog up the stairs, I completely changed my, um, I don't know, frame of mind while watching it, you know, and, and the understanding, you know, before I kind of, I agreed with, you know, why are they, why are we wasting these lives for this one person? And, and now it, it kind of hits you, you know, as, as, as Ryan being the last one, last surviving brother, um, it, it really, it had more of an emotional impact on me this time. Um, but this is one of those movies I also saw, and my movie-going experience with this movie was was just incredible. I saw it with a, a packed audience. It was gigantic audience in Boone, North Carolina, so it wasn't a great theater. Um, wasn't stadium seating or anything like that. But um, I remember being completely shaken after the first 10 to 15 minutes to the point where I was not able to relax the entire, the rest of the movie, even in the down times when it was quiet and nothing was happening. I was still worried that some sniper was going to come in and shoot one of these guys. Um, and I've never had that feeling in a movie before where it was just general angst that something bad was going to happen. Um, most war movies nowadays are pretty much compared to this thing. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many people that, tr- that have been trying to recreate the beach storming scene um, in their movies. And, and some, you know, there's been a lot of hit and misses. Um, but I tell you, it's, it's, Spielberg did, did wonders with this thing. Certainly there are hokey moments and cer- certainly there are a few uh, cliche um, war movie tropes um that i'm sure we'll explore but by and far this this movie has so many uh, how can i say impactful moments that it's 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 probably up there on on my uh, top top list of, of movies and and i'm being a spielberg buff like like i am um i just enjoy his sensibilities with this type of stuff and uh enjoy how real it, he makes it feel how about you sean Oh yeah, so <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, I watched this for the first time when it came out on video, on VHS, on two <laughs> two cassettes because the movie is so long. It came in two cassettes. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, and I watched this with my then girlfriend, um, her dad, not her, but her dad. And did he comfort you? No, he talked the whole time, and I was watching with, oh, um, man. with my best friend Chris too. And the whole time he kept like, "Oh my gosh, look at that!" He talked so much that I actually I think I left halfway through the movie because I couldn't stand to be in the room with him. He's driving me crazy. So then, at some point, my parents bought it on on VHS, and I've watched it. I've probably so this viewing is probably my seventh, eighth, or ninth viewing of it. I've seen it a bunch of times. 
obviously first time as a father uh, as well, uh, Sam. Mm -hmm. um, first time certainly with the uh, CSR glasses. Um, so uh, it, it's it's still a, a fantastic movie. I, I think it still 100% holds up. It's still uh -huh. jarring as hell. Um, video games have made um, uh, scenes for their games based off of the movie. Um, uh, in fact, the Call of Duty, World yep. War II Call of Duty <laughs> game, it starts off and they basically used like shot for shot the the, the opening invasion of yeah. the movie. So yep. the, the the movie is just it it's um, it's brutal. It's really brutal and. Uh, Spielberg, it does uh, one of those really th great things where he's able to take a really hard subject and 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 not make light of it, but allow people to exist in this world where we can still have some fun, we can still have a joke here and there, and it not just be damn depressing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it. You okay? <laughs> Is that Morse code for something? Yeah. It's, what happened? Yeah, Andrew, are you having issues over there? Uh, no. Okay. It, it, okay. Sorry, it's fine. It just it sounded like somebody was like flicking their microphone or something. I didn't know what was happening. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so no, the the movie. It's just it's so good. And now, I don't want this to be uh, you know an hour episode of us just saying, oh, this was great and this was great, this was great. Cause yeah. That makes for a boring show. So, um, though I don't really have many faults with the movie, um, um, we will talk about some of them. But, um, uh, so we'll ju we'll just start off with this that that opening scene, right? So they um, they shot that scene. Um, so most movies don't shoot, you know, they don't shoot movies in chronological order. But you right. typically have to shoot scenes in chronological order because it just makes more sense. So they shot that from the beginning of the beach to the end, right? And <laughs> um, it was—I mean, it, to use the phrase "gut wrenching," I mean, it really was. And like, yeah, oh, yeah. seeing seeing guys with—I um, think Andrew—I can't remember if, it was, if I hit record or not. Uh, you might have made the joke off air. I can't—I already can't remember. I'm—I'm I'm still kind of sick, and if you can tell my voice, and I'm. On medication, so I might say things two or three times. I apologize, um, but the gentleman like walking around looking for his arm. So some of the extras that they had in the movie were former military, um, uh, Irish military, and they uh, some of them were you know missing limbs, and so they were used as extras in the movie, and then were given prosthetic you know fake limbs so that guy who's looking for his arm he literally was missing an arm due to combat. oh wow so very realistic then. it makes it more realistic than a dude with you know than brian cranston with his arm in his shirt you know All so right. um which oh hey look there's a uh, breaking bad there you go so <laughs> anyway um but i mean after after finished watching this, I thought I kind of had a kind of a moment of reflection where I thought, how are we gonna have a, a, a you know a, a podcast that's gonna be fun and light on a movie that is this kind of heavy, right? And yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. well, Sam will make some you know joke at my expense, and then Andrew will 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 uh, you know 
spike in the the final punchline, and we'll have a good time. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll 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 find a way. Hopefully, Corny could have been here to make some. Uh, he could have made a Sean Connery reference at some point somehow. I don't know how, but he could. I'm sure he was in the movie too. Uh, Sean somewhere. Connery. Well, um, yeah. well, I'll save that for trivia. So, um, <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say there's a pretty flippin' awesome Star Trek connection. That's all I'm gonna. Oh say. dear God! It's actually really cool, Sam. And you, of all people who who like to uh, chastise me for my my Trek. You might even go, okay, that's actually kind of cool. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so I will say this to start the show off, uh, and I've mentioned this a hundred times. I don't ever read the trivia or do any research before I watch the movie. I always watch the movie. I take my notes, and then sometimes the trivia corrects me. You know, like, why did this happen? And then I go into trivia and go, oh, because they deleted that scene. That's why that doesn't make any sense. So... Having said that I've seen this movie as many times as I had, Andrew, and you said this is probably one of the first times you've watched all the way through. Oh, yeah. Did you, like a thousand million other people, when you saw the old man at the beginning of the gra- at the graveyard, you thought that was Tom Hanks, right? No. Really? I did. Uh, yeah, when I, I first saw it, I did. I wondered if it possibly was, but I thought, you know, it's probably not because he is probably going to end up sacrificing himself for somebody or whatever and that's probably not him uh however i didn't realize that matt damon was even in the movie uh (laughs) until until you know we get to him and then by that point in the film i thought okay now i know who that guy is right um when it was funny because they weren't originally going to cast matt damon um spielberg liked him from when he saw him in courage under fire which is another really good movie but mm-hmm. but Matt Damon in that that character is a drug user in that in that movie, so he's like super skinny, and then he was like, no, I'm not going to use him. And then his buddy uh, Robin Williams was like, no, hey, check this kid out from Goodwill Hunting, and so he's like, okay, yeah, I'll cast you in the movie. So he cast him in such a small role because Goodwill Hunting hadn't come out yet, and so Matt Damon <laughs> wasn't really a star until that movie. Um, so that's, so that's why he gets really so little screen time because it's a Tom Hanks vehicle. I mean, let's be honest. It's a Tom Hanks vehicle. Yeah. So the reason why I asked that question though is yeah, Matt Damon seems to have that, uh, that knack of kind of showing up in these weird small roles. Uh, yeah. I mean, early, obviously earlier in his career, I mean, I mean, even in Courage Under Fire, I mean, that's a. Denzel Washington movie with starring also co-starring Meg Ryan. It just happens to have uh-huh. Matt Damon in it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the reason why I asked that question is because it was this viewing that I noticed that the man in the cemetery is wearing an Army Air Corps bat, uh, pin on his jacket, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's Ryan, because he was in that he was a paratrooper. Oh. And it was the first time I saw it. I mean, this showing, I was like, oh, so they told us at the beginning of the movie that it's Ryan, but the edit makes you think that it's Captain Miller. Interesting. Yeah, so... I didn't notice the pen until the end of the movie, but I saw it. Right, yeah. Um, and I was only cognizant of it because of Band of Brothers, because I've uh-huh. watched that series probably six times each, all the way through. Um, and in fact, there was a moment, I can't remember where I wrote it down, but I wrote, I can't remember where it was, but there was a moment where I was like, man, I just want to stop this movie and then go watch Band of Brothers. 
you know, like because because like because the like the like the first like stop the movie after the the D Day invasion. invasion and just yeah. stop there and then go watch the first five episode four episodes, three three episodes of Band of Brothers. Right, get past the 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 training one and then where they actually do the jump and they um they all meet meet up and then they take that small village and then once they meet up from there, Easy Company takes out those guns that are shelling. The uh, the beach where the troops are landing, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's Panda oh, Brothers is so flipping good. It's so good. Yeah, I, I Pandora keeps playing the soundtrack. For oh me. yeah, Mike, Michael Kamen I think did that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, Michael Caine. No, not Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine wrote this. Um, wrote the music for that. I don't know what accent one. you're doing, but. Um, I'm Michael Kine. Okay. <laughs> it's it's really, I mean, it's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. You know, I, I feel like I, know. I, I feel like I'm here right now. I'll use that to to order Taco Bell, and they're like, "Oh my God, Michael Kane is out there." We must. And then they're so disappointed when I get to the window. You must give him I'm like, free tacos. I'm sorry. I I am not Michael Kine. You sound more sound like, like a cross Forrest between Gump. Forrest Gump <laughs> and Michael Caine. Yeah, you're you're Forrest Gump pretending to be Michael Caine. That's fantastic. <laughs> Hello, Jenny. I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, I knew we'd find a way to make this podcast fun. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, what was I going? I don't even know. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, uh, I wrote, "LOL." Just reaches in with that nasty finger and pulls out that dude's gum. <laughs> we were way uh, concerned about, way less concerned about germs back then as we are now. Be like, "Oh, just ask for it. I'll give it to you. Don't just reach in with your bloody, dirty, gross finger." Um, so did you notice that the movie had a Central Africa moment? No. Um, was it a country that didn't exist? No, it was, uh, I'm going to refer to when directors talk down to us as that moment. Um, uh oh, okay. That's, that's just the best way. Well, I don't know. Does that work? Maybe not. What's the better way? Maybe the, um... What was the movie? It won't work. This, this, the, the bit won't work if I can't remember the movie. Pierce Brosnan, where he steals things. Oh, uh, Thomas, Thomas Crown. When the when the director squished the Monet in half, mm-hmm. and he just yeah. assumed that we wouldn't notice it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I don't know if this is that, but so Tom Sizemore, right? They get up to the beach, and he takes some dirt and puts it in a can. So it's his collection of the places he's landed on, and it's uh, yeah. France, right? Country. Italy, country, Africa, continent. Continent, yeah. And so I wrote, LOL, can just says Africa, because some dumb Americans won't know, watching this, wouldn't know where the hell, and I literally (laughs) wrote, Central Africa, dot, 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 I mean Morocco or Tunisia are, because I don't know, I don't know where his, uh, his unit landed, but, um... I never even thought of that, but yeah, that's I didn't think completely of it either, correct. I, yeah, again, these are things I think of when I'm watching this, the movies with for the show, right? I I, I think of all this <laughs> stupid stuff. 
Um, this this move this podcast, by the way, has ruined me for my, for my wife when I'm watching stuff and she's like, <laughs> you "Stop!" Have to analyze everything. I analyze everything. You know? Oh, really? Like, I, yeah. I, I was able to sit through Rogue One with just like a fanboy. Yeah, I so. did too. Uh, I I'm more. But I did have to physically like flip off the switch. Does that make sense? It's like okay. I'm not here to critique. I'm here to to be entertained. Yeah. I I kind of did, but part of me will still like kind of analyze some things. Um, yeah, there's there's two things in particular that I could not help, uh, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so that's fun. Um, uh, I I wrote that this is probably the most intense first twenty five minutes of a film ever. Absolutely. Um, it just just jars you. Um, well, it, it, mainly because, I mean, first of all, it's real. I mean, not, not, they're not really killing, but yeah, yeah. like Spielberg went and looked at, at historical video. He looked, you know, he got eyewitness accounts and made it as close as possible to what, what he was, yeah. you know, what they had went through. And right. to see some of that crap that they had to get through to, to stay alive even. It just it just blows my mind that anybody would be brave enough to get out of a boat. Yeah, you know, well, and even getting out of the boat was dangerous. Yeah, being in the boat was dangerous. Yeah, it's I, just yeah, this is wild. Um, those those boats were called Higgins boats, by the way. They were manufactured in Louisiana. I don't know why I know that, but I do. Um, but um, here's something to ponder. This has nothing really to do with the movie and more to do with the war. And um, Sam and I are both kind of proclaimed ourselves to be kind of history i would say more nerds than buffs um but yeah because we we pick and well, choose. andrew andrew i think has said too that he's yeah i, I, yeah, I andrew, have you yeah. andrew i can't remember i'm sorry um if, if i wasn't dying i probably would have remembered that but um i uh and i say nerds because i feel like we probably pick and choose the parts of history that we like you know and and we study that stuff but anyway oh yeah you know, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I just don't care about all the Chinese dynasties. I just don't. But anyway, um, with that all being said, though, that, so, be going into Operation, oh, shoot, not Spear. What was that operation? I can't remember. My brain. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, the Operation Overlord? Yeah, Operation Overlord. Yeah. would do the invasion, right? Part of the, part of the uh, operation was all this subterfuge and trying to make the Germans feel like they were going to invade at a different part, you know, at the narrow north, part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, farther north, way farther north. So all the intelligence said that's where they were going. Um, they even told some of their underlings that's where they were going. Only a few of the higher generals knew where they truly were going so that, you know, if there were spies in the network, they would send back to their bosses. So the beach landings that we saw in this movie were a against a significantly weaker force. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know, Hitler had um, committed, you know, like forty or fifty thousand troops farther north. I mean, could you imagine if they had a storm beaches against a full garrison? You know, what I'm saying like it would have been significantly worse, significantly worse. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, uh, so just so good job Eisenhower for that. And uh, there's yeah. all kinds of. And I'm not gonna, well, and Churchill. And oh, I'm Winston Churchill. Oh, oh no, Andrew, do your church. Yes, uh, Winston we Churchill. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm Michael Card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Michael Caine is one of my favorite actors. 
especially when he does his impression of Forrest Gump. Gump. <laughs> um, Mama said there'd be days like this. Right. That was, that was yeah. That's a yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I just realized your uh, your Winston Churchill could easily be Alfred Hitchcock as well. Really? Oh. oh. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, I didn't yep. either. Um, anyway, I was going to say I'm not going to bore you with some of the actual things of the of the actual the history behind what they did. So, uh, if you're interested in that, there's lots of books. Go read them, um, or at, at at least Wikipedia it. So, um, that's all I'm going <laughs> to say there. Uh, but yeah, so that opening scene was was great. Um, yeah, um, I forgot that. Uh, that Vin Diesel was in this. Now I'm gonna need. Uh, I wish Corny was here, but I'm gonna need a ruling, right? Yes. On this, okay. So Vin Diesel, right, is uh, he he is uh, mixed, right? He is a mixed race individual. I'm not. Okay. I'm not incorrect there in, in saying that, right? Um. Well, he he's. Yeah. Yeah, he's part man, part machine. Is that what he is? He's part mm-hmm. man, part tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I've always been told that, and I don't know if that is for... He's got a fraternal twin brother. Um, trademarks. He apparently has trademarks of shaves his head, muscular physique, deep voice, ink, black. What? Oh, big, lanky boots. Those are his... Uh, Oh, that's just where do you see that? It's on IMDb. Is it on IMDb? Yeah, he has a mast Italian mastiff named Roman. Oh he dear. Has a fraternal twin brother, Paul Vincent. Um, no. he was Doesn't offered... he do it? He's doing another uh Fast and the Furious. It's like uh Yeah. Fast and the Furious on the Moon or something like that. Well they're it's, doing it's fate. They're calling it Fate of the Furious. Well, oh fate. Yeah, fate of the and, Furious. And they totally and I I'm Stealing this from another podcast I list, listen to, but they totally missed the chance, you know, because it's the eighth movie. Mm-hmm. All they had to do was put eight after the F, right? Oh, fate, fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious, yeah. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They, missed, the, they missed that. Or they time. could have done uh, the Furious Awakens and still stolen. <laughs> um. So there's this. And there's a big following for those movies. I don't understand it. Well, I don't. I don't either. But here's the funny thing about those movies is that, um, that so that he and The Rock have been doing like this weird like Twitter battle between the two and how like they've been making fun of each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of the other shows I listened to was like, I think this is like some kind of publicity stuff. This is too weird that all of a sudden they wrap filming and then now they hate each other. And also, it comes out in the trailer that the two now hate each other in the movie. So I was yeah. like, "Oh, look at you!" <sighs> anyway, um, I was Curious reading marketing tactics. Yeah, good job. Uh, I'm reading uh, some stuff about him. He was considered to voice the role of Ultron before James Spader was cast. Um, that would have been interesting. He would have had to say more things than "I am Groot." He also, uh, the Revolution Studios wanted him for Hellboy, but Del Toro said Ron Perlman was perfect. Interesting. He was also offered, what, did I see that right? Was offered the role of Daredevil in the 2003 Daredevil movie, but would eventually go to Ben Affleck. 
I think he uh. actually would have been worse at it, truth be told. Uh. You know, he's. I think he's too. I don't know. I guess I'm spoiled by the fact that he's too seen, big for Daredevil. Yeah, that we've seen the new version of Daredevil. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. I've started watching Luke Cage. Um, All right. Yes. Good for you. And I'm on episode three. And so far, I love it. Great. I love the jazz. I love all the jazz music and the music in it the, is pretty. Yeah, good. it's pretty great. It kind yeah. of reminds me. I know Sam, you would never have watched this, but Andrew, any chance you ever watched Cowboy Bebop? I have no idea what that is. Okay, fine. Uh, Corny would know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it's an anime that has a lot of really cool jazz, and there's a spaceship and a dog. Is there cowboys? They're kind of cowboys. I mean, really, it's like an anime that was... If if Serenity had its own anime, it's kind of what... It, or Firefly, it's kind of what it is. I mean, they... Okay. They're, but they're, they're bounty hunters instead of criminals. I mean, they're bounty hunters. But they have a big ship, and it's kind of busted, and they're always doing gigs just so they can put enough parts and gas to make the next... You know, the next... Keep moving. Yeah, yeah. just keep flying. You can't... Hey, speaking the, of... Uh... Serenity and Firefly. Yeah, how about uh, Tudyk? Uh, what? No. How about um, um, Malcolm Reynolds is in this movie. Yeah, and you know? I almost didn't recognize him. He looked really young. Yeah, he's really young. And uh, I, and frankly, I'm not used to seeing him in the super vulnerable, cry kind of character. <laughs> you know, because you're, you're he's cocky and and funny and Malcolm yeah. flipping mm-hmm. Reynolds. I mean, even. When one of his friends dies in the show or the movie, he's just angry man, and he goes and shoots somebody. You know, somebody tries to kill you, yeah. you just kill them first. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was great. He was the first Private Ryan. That was really cool. Um, so a lot of that's what these war movies did, right? You put a lot of you have to put a lot of actors together to do these movies, and so mm-hmm. you see a lot of like, I mean, Adam Goldberg is great in this movie. He's really good. And I like him in a lot of things. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He's known for. Um, I liked him a lot in Deja Vu. I thought he was actually really good in that movie. And, and can we go back to Vin Diesel's death? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, is Was there no way that they could throw him a rope or just, I, I don't know. It just seems weird to me that there was no way to get him off of that road and and not be safe or, or, you know, it's just, well, these guys aren't boondock saints. They don't walk around with a bunch of rope. I know, but the, you know, there's so much debris around you, you know, a crowbar or a rebar or something that he could grab and you drag him over. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed that was a, a very tragic death. I thought uh, it was a waste uh, too. You felt bad cause it was a waste. You know, he's just there standing trying to help this kid and he gets hit in the, the little girl. Yeah. And I didn't notice it until this time when he got shot, he fell on the, a piano. Yeah. And I always thought that was just a John Williams thing, where it was just this, we're gonna, I'm going to match these chords to just kind of make it uncomfortable for the audience, you know, for the music. I didn't realize that he yeah. literally hit a piano. Um, <laughs> now, I'm sure it was actually, you know, hit in a recording studio. What, what yeah. John Williams picked the notes to make it sound creepy and ominous. But... Um, you know, I I felt bad. It was sad. Um, yeah. I will also admit this. I've admitted this on the show before. I that I that I do tend to get emotional in movies. I got weepy eyed 
when mm-hmm. Giovanni Rabisi died. I Oh good lord. His, I hate that uh, that scene. I almost have to just look away. It is one of the <sighs> as far as movie deaths, it is it is the standard of awesome. It is such a well shot. Yeah. You feel for everyone there how helpless they feel because he is the doc. And yeah. when he says just give me more morphine, the looks they all get are like He's dying, and all he all we can do now is make it so he's not in pain. Uh-huh. And yep. it it just gets me because he looks because he's got that baby face. You know, it's like you're not old enough to 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 you know to go to war and to die. You know, you're just too young. And I did like that he was the uh, he was the squad's conscience. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Like yeah. they're all messing with the dog tags, kind of acting like they're poker chips, and he walks over and he takes them, and he's like, "These are not poker chips." You know, the whole airborne is watching. I like that. You know, he's, uh, he's the conscience. He's the doc, right? So, yeah. Oh, no, man. the 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 one that gets me every time in this movie um, is is when um, the stabbing. Yeah, with Adam Goldberg. Yeah, Adam Goldberg's uh, death is just brutal. In my mind, because yeah. it should never have happened. First of all, yeah. Um, and secondly, just I mean, you are so right. close, and so you are right there, and can almost feel it. It's just uh-huh. it's such a visceral, visceral happening, and oh, man, that's just brutal. And you want so bad for Upham to say, do you know, something. snap out of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so one of my notes is like I understand it's easy for us as the listener, as the uh, view uh, audience, to get mad at Oppum for, for freezing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and then it's like you know this is a kid. This is literally his first time in combat because all the other times he was kind of in the back, and now right. this is the first time he's getting bullets shot at him, and he is in charge, and he froze, and you know. And I get it, right? And so he kind of have his, he kind of gets his, it's not really a Popeye moment, but he kind of, for lack of a better word, he gets his revenge. Yeah. Um, he gets his, and when he does it, I'm not supposed to, I don't think, smile, but I did. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, war is hell. And he, uh, he kind of became a man in that moment because he was like, you know what? You killed my guy after I stood up for you, and uh, we told you to turn yourself in, and you didn't. And so then you killed my guy, and you killed my, you killed my captain too. So I'm gonna shoot you unarmed. Uh, <coughs> ooh, gosh. Ooh. <laughs> oh the hell was God. that? Was that Molly? No, no, that wasn't me. That was me. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. That was my lung exploding. Oh my lord, that scared me. <laughs> I thought those cats outside my window were attacking each other. You know? I couldn't reach my mute button in time. Sorry, <laughs> it's fine. It just—I want to isolate that sound and keep it forever. <laughs> um, I got to remember where that was. Yeah, forty-eight minutes. I'll do that. Um, uh, yeah. So, so that scene was great. Uh, and by great, I mean awful, but and painful to watch. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ted Danson's character is cool. I like that he's on board with the mission, right? 
Yeah. Everyone's grumpy about the mission, and Ted Danson's like, hey, I got brothers. Go get this kid and send him home. I get it. I was yeah. like, yeah, thank you. Because I, <laughs> I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if everyone's just grumpy about this mission, then, then the audience, we're going to be kind of grumpy with them. But I, I, I like the idea that these guys, he's like, you know what? Hey, get this kid out of here. So get him home with my white hair coming off of Cheers. Um, um, so I wrote this note. I guess I've played too much Call of Duty, but I always wondered why Jackson couldn't just snipe the uh, machine gun nest team. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I would have. I, I thought of that, and I also thought how difficult would it have been to go completely around them and then take them from the back? Because you can see where the machine gun is aimed, so if you can get close enough, maybe from the back... Because only one dude's looking that direction, because that direction's where Germany is. So, you know, maybe you're able to get around the back, and then you can get a surprise attack and throw in some grenades, and maybe it's pretty over, you know, over before anyone even has to get shot at. Um, I understand you have to find a way to make the team all that much more hate Ryan and lose another teammate, but Mm -hmm. um, or squad member, I should say, but. It still seems strange that that's the best way to attack a machine gun is, you know, three up front, three behind them, straight towards them. So, but I'm not in the military, so if you are and you tell me that that's the way it is, then I'm fine. And I just it again, I probably I've probably been playing too much Call of Duty. (laughs) Oh. This dead air brought to you by. Sorry, I was coughing. Zip vapor rub. <coughs> Dang it! I didn't hit mute button either. Sorry, I got. Two the, of you I guys got... are are quite a couple tonight. Uh, oh yeah, the, the coughing twins. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, all right, I'll uh, just come there and kick you. Oh wait, I'm not sure how they'll help, but all right. Um. Uh, I, so this movie um, goes along with my theory that if I take a lot of notes, I hate the movie. It sucks. And if I take a few few notes, then it's a great movie. I took like 15 notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like nah, literally like, like 21. <laughs> and of the 21, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 are notes for capturing clips. So... <laughs> um, oh, we did have this. Um <clears throat> Damn, hold on, sorry, here we go. We had what I referred to as the Home Alone slash 13 Ronin montage. (laughs) Getting the town ready. Getting the town ready for battle. The only thing that they're missing was a blood wall. Um, (laughs) And a flaming cow. And a flaming cow. Yeah. Um... Anyway, I don't know why 13 Ronin, that scene for whatever reason, reminded me of Ip Man. Um, and then it reminded me of Donnie Yen, who is uh, in Rogue One. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, we'll talk in, we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I will say this. I know I gave Corny a lot of grief earlier in the series, and I think you too, Sam, or somebody else who made me watch the 13. I, I kind of want to do the yeah. rest of the Ip Man movies, though. I know they're all in Japanese subtitled, but I I seriously just want to watch Ip Man 3 to watch, because I've already watched it like six times, just the fight scene between him and Mike Tyson. I want to 
know why they're fighting, and I want to watch it again on a big screen. Because <laughs> I've watched it on my phone like six times. Anyway, um, so we'll do that at some point in the future. But we got lots of movies to coming up. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's truth be told. That's all the notes I've I've taken on this. Movie. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I I went through this with a critical eye this time, and despite the just, it's a little bit of a different tonality between the first twenty minutes and the rest of the movie. Maybe except except for the last bit. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how to critique this. Does that make sense? No, it does. I mean. Yeah, I, mean, I knew it was going to be difficult, but I didn't expect it to be this difficult. I expected to find some problems with acting, some, you know, uh, unbelievable stuff that was happening. You know, of course, you know, you've got the trope of snipers shooting through the scope, um, that which, kind of thing. Which, um, which is a reported that actually happened, but that was during Vietnam. Um, yeah, but it was still a right. cool as hell shot. Obviously, the. The uh, P-51 tank buster blowing up the tank and, you know, only the tank that it hit perfectly on the tank when Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks shoots with his little, uh, you know. P-shooter. His, uh, yeah, his uh, 1911 <sighs> 9mm, you know, pistol. Um, but it was a cool shot. So, I mean, yeah, there's some, ho- there's obviously some Hollywood happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm fine with that. And, um it never took me out of the movie. I mean, it really didn't. I mean, really, mm-hmm. the only performance, honestly, that I can think of that I was like, hmm, could have been better, was the, the the clip that I pulled from for the intro when he finishes the line and then he looks and he goes, and we are going to get him to hell out of there. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. William Shatner much? So, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, other than that, I mean, everything is so good. It really yes. is. Um, and I apologize to our listeners that we aren't able to pick this thing apart, but it just goes to show. No, it's... Uh, go, go see this movie if you haven't seen it. It's, it's clear to a... Need, it's, it's as close yeah. to a perfect film as we've ever seen on this show. Yeah. I will say that um, knowing someone that has been in World War II and this battle specifically, um, there's a, a gentleman that lives in our in our county that has talked about this many times and Uh-oh. oh hello Andrew sorry I had to cough oh okay um, <laughs> that was an on purpose pause okay oh, it was on on purpose he pause. was creating it wasn't a Shatner pause. he was creating um, uh, tension or uh, suspense yeah no you know when he this I sat through a, a kind of a lecture type not a lecture but just more of a uh, uh, it was a Memorial Day so, uh, ceremony, and he was telling us, uh, the audience there, just exactly how brutal things were. And, and he couldn't make it through it, and I mean, rightly so. Um, and it was just so tough. Even, I mean, he's probably in his 80s or 90s even um, at so this it's point. 50-plus years. Exactly. Plus years ago, yeah. And... Um, so to see some of the things uh, like when the when they're taking their helmets off and hitting each other with their helmets and and just finding anything they can find to to fight each other, yeah. Um, you know, you don't think about that. You think about especially those of us who are pretty distant from military. You know, I have grandfathers that both served in the military, but you know that's that's the closest I get to it. 
And you think, okay, in today's world, battle doesn't really happen like this. You know, we're not necessarily on the front line, so to yeah. speak, with humans. We have drones that take care of things. And, and of course, we do send people as well, but the technology has changed so much. You don't really think about what these guys actually went through and uh, just how brutal the combat was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that to make light of anything today, but it just really is eye-opening to... It was, it was man-to-man. Yeah, it was yeah. man-to-man. It wasn't, it wasn't as much of this remote control. And I'm not saying that there, it still isn't man-to-man. There's some great documentaries on uh, oh, yeah. Netflix. Um, Restro, was it Restropo? Which is just brutal. Um, and, uh, talk about Afghanistan. Um, but good Lord. You know, these, these were kids that, that didn't fall. Well, I guess they've all volunteered, but these were kids. You know, how many days out of uh, boot camp? You know, going straight into this, it's just, just wild. Yeah, wild to me. Yeah, my both of my dad, my grandfathers served. No, my dad's dad was an army cook on a base, so he spent his World War II tenure in um, Washington, Arizona, serving food to soldiers. So <clears throat> that was that was his co- uh, co- contribution. And my m- mother's father. Uh, um, served, uh, he was an engineer. He was with Patton, and he was with Patton during the African, African um, um, uh, campaign to, against Rommel. And uh, he came back with nightmares. And my yeah. mom said that he didn't talk about them until well into his 50s and 60s. Um, I had you know. a couple of uncles that, that, were, that stormed the beaches. and. Yeah. Um, or I'm sorry, great uncles that stormed the beaches, and they never talked about it. Yeah. Never, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, that's and the the one thing that's fantastic about Band of Brothers is that the opening every episode they they talk about, you know, they have actual accounts from survivors, the mm-hmm. men that were yep. there who inspired yep. the the show, and all of them, every one of them, were like, we're not heroes. Heroes are the ones that are still there. Those are the yeah. heroes. They're the ones that gave their lives so that I could live. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a, it's a different, you know. Back then, it was just, just, just different. Um, and 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 just, just so I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. It was a different time. So thanks, Chad. Um, oh, for the, for that. That rest is well. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to hear some clips? I mean, are we, are we, yeah. are we ready for that? Uh, Let's do it. I already forgot what this one is because I forgot to name it. So uh, it literally is uh, Saving Private Ryan underscore 12 underscore 20 underscore 16 comma 8, 5, 7 p.m. <laughs> nice. So, I so am, we know exactly what this is. Uh, yeah. I okay. Just, it's, All right. It's going to be something at the beginning of the movie. So here you go. Captain, if your mother saw you doing that, she'd be very upset. I thought you were my mother. There you go. Sorry, I remember now. Yeah, I thought you were my mother. There's a little, little brevity amongst all the uh, horror, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you needed that every now and then. Yeah, you did. In a movie like this, oh yeah. lord. Uh-huh. And I think in real life you you do too. I think if it was all doom and gloom, you know, yeah. in those circumstances, you had to have some sort of humor to yeah. survive. Yeah. And there are people like that out there, and that uh, 
even in really serious situations, find a way to make things humorous and and to kind of lighten the mood. Yeah. And yeah, so absolutely. I think you need that in life. But in this movie specifically, I think Spielberg said, all right, we've 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 got to put some stuff in here to take away from all of the death and destruction that we've just witnessed. Uh, yep. Yeah, agree. And, and, and frankly, uh, Captain Miller's, he, he kind of throughout the movie kind of shows that he kind of um, he kind of diffuses some stuff with with humor a little bit, you know, like Oppum is like all weird and whatever, and he's like, I want to bring my typewriter, and he just holds up a pencil. He's like, we'll just we'll take a pencil, and uh, and then he's like, okay, I got some good news. You're not gonna need any of this crap, and he throws it in the ground. But you're gonna need your helmet. You're gonna need that, you know. So like he has a couple <laughs> moments where he kind of has some brevity a little bit. Um, and I'll, I'll pl- I have a little bit more of that coming up here in just a second. Um, I don't know if any of this was on script or if this is just one of those moments where guys are just giving each other, uh, they're just busting each other's chops because they kind of talk over each other, which makes me think that it's, it wasn't scripted, but it was pretty funny. Here you go. Okay, listen up. What? What are you going to do? You're going home wrapped in American flag with a hunk of cheese in your ass, Caparzo, you smart ass. Now listen up. You liked it in the ass. What? I thought you liked it in the ass. That's right. So there you go. <laughs> well, what was that, Andrew? In the bud, yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so, because like I could, you could kind of tell that that wasn't intentional because the other guy wasn't mic'd. Yeah. You know, like they just threw the boom over there, and I, I think <laughs> they were just they were just bullshitting until they heard someone say "cut," and so Spielberg was probably like, "Hey, this is kind of funny. We're just going to keep going with this until uh, oh, at a film. Okay, we'll cut. All right. So there we go. So anyway. Um, <laughs> that and that happens. Uh, it happens later on, actually, in the movie. The, the the story that Matt Damon tells is totally made up on the spot, and which uh, is impressive. I mean, that was a yeah, yeah, detailed story. I had heard, and I can't remember where I heard it, but that was a story that involved his actual brothers. Oh but gosh, I don't think <laughs> he has four brothers or three other brothers. So I don't know, and I couldn't find it in the trivia for this movie. So maybe just someone heard it from somewhere and just repeated it to me. I don't know. So I have no way of corroborating that. Uh, so, um, so anyway, <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite moments uh, in the movie because I use this quote. I've used this before, um, and I'll explain after. I hit the button that plays the clip. Maybe. Hey, so, Captain, what about you? I mean, you don't gripe at all? I don't gripe to you, Riven. I'm a captain. There's a chain of command. Gripes go up, not down, always up. You gripe to me, I gripe to my superior officer, so on, so on, so on. I don't gripe to you. I don't gripe in front of you. You should know that as a ranger. Try. I've, I've, I, for some reason, that's one of the bit of advices that have stuck with me through the years. Yeah, me too. In terms of uh, work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just making huh. sure that you know, if I'm ever over anybody or if I'm talking to, especially at, at, when I was in construction, you know, I don't complain around the guys. Right. You know, there was, it just, you just don't. You're always in charge and you always, you know, everything's under control. Um, and I, for some reason, that has always stuck with me. And <sighs> and so he does something in this movie that I, I get, same thing, right? So I, for the last yep. four and a half years of my well, actually seven and a half, eight years, I have been a supervisor of other people. And 
um, as their supervisor, I never complain to them, especially in mass. Now, there have been times when I will do an eye roll or a, this doesn't make <laughs> sense or whatever to the group. But for the most part, like what he does, right? So Captain Miller, right, he has his first sergeant, uh, you know, Tom, um, other Tom, Sizemore. And he tells Tom everything, right? Tom is his NCO, and they've been together for, I mean, he said they've been together since Italy or something like that. So they've, they've known mm-hmm. each other for years. So there's a bond of trust there, right? Um, and so he, he will feel free to, to complain to him as needed, right? I mean, he even did so. He's like, I don't, I don't care about Ryan. He better go on and invent a better, longer-lasting light bulb, right? That's not something he can say in front of uh, one of the other privates or the corporals, right? So I, mm. I was the same way, right? To the team, everything was good. We got it under control. You know, this is not the best situation. We're going to figure it out. And then I'd pull my lead students aside and say, this is messed up, and my boss is a flipping idiot, and I'm really glad she doesn't <laughs> listen to this podcast. Actually, she's not my boss anymore. I'm in a new job now. So anyway, but my point is, is that that's <laughs> I've, I've, I've kind of taken that to heart. There's yeah. little, little things in movies, and people make fun of me for it. I mean, people are like, really? Movies? And I said, there's some actual good moments of advice and things to actually tangible things to hold on to from movies. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so take them when you can, you know? So there you go. Um, here's a little, uh, another little, little brevity moment in a in a moment of of awful. Here's some a little little light. Well, when it gets up to five hundred, I'll give you the answers and we'll split the money. How about that? Well, if that's the way it feels, sir, I feel it's my duty under your command to suggest that we wait until it gets up to a thousand, sir. I wonder if we don't live that long. Five minutes. Five hundred yeah. would be good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's the deathbed humor, basically. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're in war. You kind of have to do that. Uh, here you go. A little bit of a uh, little bit of foobar. Why isn't my mouse working? Here we go. Foobar. 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 Y'all got that right. Yeah, look at foobar in the German dictionary. There's no foobar in there. Pop them. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he always kind of yells at him for it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, you know I had to do this. Oh, God damn it. What's going on? Here we go. But another part of me thinks, what if by some miracle we stay and actually make it out of here? Someday we might look back on this and decide that saving Private Ryan was the one decent thing we were able to pull out of this whole god-awful shitty mess. There you go. <laughs> title of the movie! Title of the movie! That that moment reminded me of, and you guys might roll your eyes, but I don't care, but the moment in Serenity when Malcolm is kind of, here is how it is, Right? And he lays out the deal, and then Adam Baldwin takes a sip of the booze and says, uh, if you can't do something right, or if you can't do something smart, do something right. And it's kind of the same thing here, right? You know, <laughs> it's like, um, we can't do the, the thing, so we're going to do the other thing. So anyway, there we go. Um, 
That's it. Here we go. That's all for clips. Here we go. Um, maybe if my mouse is going to do its thing. Here we go. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right. Some trivia. By the way, if you don't know what FUBAR is, go look it up. I'm not going to say it on here. Uh, trivia. I you mean you're not going to say... Uh, I didn't write down any tropes. Um, I know there were some. Even war tropes, you know, the... You know, the... The sniper, the... Yeah, there's like there's always the one guy who's in the in the, the team that's a snarky kind of a hole. You've got the uh, the grumpy dude. You've got the cheerful dude. You know, I mean, like like everyone in the in the in the squad is different. You know, yeah. like it's it's not there's not even like two dudes that are similar. They're all different. You know, everyone is. There are these these seven. Yeah. Uh, different personalities. Yeah, the seven dwarfs. So. Yeah. Uh, that can be the trope. We can call it the seven dwarfs trope. Um, and Captain Miller is Snow White or something. I don't know. And then I actually had a professor in college that told me, uh, knowing that I was going into education, said, Andrew, there, there are about seven personalities and one of them will be yours. And then there <laughs> are six others and all of your students will fall into one of those seven categories. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And for the most part, that's held true. Yeah, you're pretty right about that, actually. Just one of those personalities is like your your arch enemy. Uh, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, and there were some other tropes like, uh, you know, I, I guess you can even call it P P fifty one X Machina. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, there were some other ones in there, but frankly, I, I just. I, I didn't I didn't record any just or write them down because I was just so engrossed I just I forgot to write some of them down so trivia that trivia it's been a while since you've done that Tom Sizemore was battling a drug addiction during really okay sorry my glasses kind of I bifocal so they do that funny thing sometimes if you're not looking and it looked like it said battling a drug addiction I was like wait what. Oh. Battling drug addiction during. So he's taking Tylenol and uh, yeah. some Nyquil. It's not that he's he's taking he has a problem with drugs. He's just taking too much of it because he keeps he can't add. Um, <laughs> is it is it seven milliliters or seventy? I can't count. Uh, Spielberg gave him an old tomato. There's a there's a friend's reference for you. Old tomato. Ultimatum, that he would be blood tested on set every day of filming, and if he failed the test even once, he would be fired, and the part of Horvath would go would be recast and reshot with someone else, even if, oh, wow. if it was the end of production. Wow. So, and uh, Spielberg has enough clout to do that. The actors all had to undergo an intensive pre-shoot six-day boot camp during which all but one of them voted to quit as they found it too arduous. The one <laughs> dissenting voice was Tom Hanks, who thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Naturally, his vote counted for the most, and so the rest of the actors <laughs> were obliged to complete their training. <laughs> Here's the best oh, part of that's this. that's awesome. Everyone was required to go to the boot camp except Matt Damon, thus uh, helping to instill a sense of uh, hate and frustration at his character that he didn't have to go through the boot camp. 
So Spielberg <laughs> is brilliant because all so just just let's just make him let's just make us hate him just that much more. Um, Neil Patrick Harris was considered the role for uh, Private Ryan. There were several other people in there in that uh. list, but his was the only one that I thought was interesting. All right, Sam, yeah. you ready? You ready for my uh, my Star Trek connection? All right. I guess. All right. I, I'm just, I just I just I want your honest opinion, and if you say that's stupid, then fine. But I think this is that's very stupid. Cool. Many veterans of D-Day congratulated director Spielberg for the film's authenticity, as well as actor James Duhon, best known for playing Scotty in Star Trek. Duhon lost his middle finger on his right hand and was wounded in the leg during the war. Also, he participated in the invasion of Normandy on June 6, 1944 at Juneau Beach, where the 3rd Canadian Infantry Division led the attack. He commended Spielberg for not leaving out any gory details. Wow. So oh. it So Scotty gave this a, a thumbs up he, or at least a He literally a gave up. the finger to the Germans. <laughs> um which well. is cool because I now I I I learned of that trivia about 5 or 6 years ago that he had lost his middle finger. Now I have seen hours and hours and hours of Star Trek with him in it and never once noticed that his middle finger was missing. And it's because he always did his best to hide it on camera because, frankly, it kind of looks gross. And so he would always, he would be holding something or have his other hand in it or he would have his hands behind his back or just, it was a conscious thing that he did to kind of keep it off screen, which I thought was always very cool. So, uh, so there you go. I think that was, uh, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, there was a couple other pieces of trivia. There's about four of the same ones, but basically... When this movie came out, the censors were really critical of it and said, you're pretty close to getting an NC-17 movie. And Spielberg said, I don't care. This is how yeah. the movie is going to be, and if you give me an NC-17 movie, then I will air an NC-17 movie. Now, oh. several countries banned this movie, said it was too violent, like India and Singapore and several other countries Like, said, nope, not going to... Not gonna watch wow. this movie. Like, um, it's too violent, you know, or um, or whatever. So, uh, in fact, there was one account where there was a, um, it was a during the preview or not the preview, but the um, like opening, there was a German officer there who had to leave because it was too emotional. Mm. Uh huh. Is that me? Is that my phone doing that? Doing what? I I'm hearing RF interference in the in the recording. I didn't know if one of you have your phone near your microphone or any of your cords. No, I had not my, me. I had my phone right next to the laptop that's recording. That's why I was wondering if it was me. I moved it and it stopped, so it might have been my phone. Um, okay. I wrote under recasting. Nope. Perfect. No, not at all. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. This movie is almost 20 years old and it still holds up and it's perfect. Just. You could not have done better. I mean, they did have like uh, um, uh, Harrison Ford was thought of to do Captain Miller. I like Tom Hanks's portrayal. I don't know if gruff, yep. grumpy Harrison Ford would have been right for the role. Um, well, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks really is every man. Yeah, you know he's not particularly buff or strong. But he's—I mean—you can relate to him, yeah, on almost any any level. 
Right. And, and when, and yeah, and when he says, I'm a teacher, I'm like, yeah, I can see you as a teacher. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Soundtrack grade, I wrote, perfect and emotional. John Williams yeah. flipping nailed it again. Yeah. Dern, the darn trumpet. The oh, solo trumpet. Yeah, that gets me. Man. Oh. Um, it's not a tra- it's not a tune or uh, any music I would go out and purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't own this, but, uh, and I own most of Williams' stuff, but I don't, I don't own this one, but. It pops I, on, uh, Pandora It'll, it'll pop on Pandora. The one that I actually, I get super excited about is when Band of Brothers comes on, because it's. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's it's, a great sound. Because yeah. it's, like, yeah. super, like, driving. And you get you like, and you're like, man, I want to go charge a hill. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what did we learn? I wrote "War as Hell." There you go. So, yeah. Uh, did you Did you guys ever watch the whole? Uh, was it the Pacific? Uh, yeah, the I, other I owned the that other one. bookend. Yeah, yeah. That was still pretty good. It was good. I liked Band of Brothers better for the simple fact that we follow the same company. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, whereas yeah. War uh, in Pacific, we follow like these five dudes, and uh, um. I will say this: the the dude that picked up the uh, the machine gun with his bare hands. Holy cow! Yeah. Um, oh. But that's good. He got to hang. He got to bang a hot blonde at the uh, in the uh, back in the state. So, who would who would <laughs> go on to play uh, detective or agent special agent Olivia something in the TV series Fringe? There you uh-huh. go. Yeah. Anyway, and then the weird dude would go on to play Mr. Robot, which I've heard is a fantastic series, which I want to watch. Oh, so much yeah. to watch. So much to watch. Not enough time. There's just so much good TV out. Here we go. Woo! We decided to do what other than Tom Hanks, since we've already done World War II movies, which this movie was, I think, in almost all of our lists. <laughs> for World War II movies, uh, we decided to do Tom Hanks movies. If we've done this before, we've forgotten, but we're pretty sure that we haven't. Uh, since Turner and Hooch is our only other Tom Hanks movie that we've done, if we are wrong, which is which is surprising to me, but yeah. I guess he does he does a little bit uh, better movies than generally get on Netflix. Yeah, uh, that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah, <laughs> and and generally than what we watch. I mean, the fact that we've watched two in the last three weeks, we've watched Oscar-worthy films. <sighs> Yes, yeah. I know you five seven one won an Oscar for sound editing. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about movies that could have won best film, and had could have won best actor. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, it did win five um, Oscars. This movie for best director, best cinematography, best sound, best film film editing, and best sound effects. Um, Tom Hanks was nominated for best actor. Um, and of course, John is <coughs> nominated for best score. So, and some other stuff, makeup, and things. Anyway, um, so Andrew, your top three, sir. All right. This was very difficult to narrow down to three. Sure. Um, because I enjoy many, many of his films. Um, but if I have to choose three, which I you um, have to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw in a, uh, well, maybe I won't do honorable mention because this honorable mention may be one of your top three, so I won't do that. Um, out of respect for the top three, uh, <laughs> so number three, I'm going to go in with Saving Mr. Banks. All right. Oh, the uh, Disney film. Okay. Portray- yeah, portrays Walt Disney. Uh, does a fabulous job there. Um, the uh, number two, I'm going to go in with Big, 
<laughs> yeah, great. Which really got him going. Yeah, yeah that, I think that was kind of his breakout role. Uh, I mean, he'd done some other things before that, but I think that one is uh, stardom. Uh, uh, number one, uh, a lot of people don't like this movie, but I think that the entire movie is great. The soundtrack is fantastic, uh, and he, he really shows off his acting chops here uh, in The Terminal as number one. Right. Oh, yeah. He plays okay. Victor Noworski. I actually have never seen it. Stuck oh, in the airport. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So there we are. Cool. Sam? Yeah. Wow. Um, believe it or not, I've got a totally different top three. Um, I have two. But the, not saying those aren't good, um, but they're fantastic movies. But it's it's hard to narrow it down. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, but I've got my uh, number three as Castaway. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm a sucker for those darn survival film type of things. Um, and when he has to to get the bad tooth out, holy cow! Oh, yeah. oh. My number two is Forrest Gump. Okay. Um, you infinitely quotable. And my number one may not be the the best Tom Hanks movie, but I think it's the best movie overall with him in it. Would be Green Mile. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. My yeah, name's John yeah. Coffee like to drink, but only spelled different. <laughs> uh, yeah, I obviously can't. Yeah, Michael Clark. Duncan. How about you, Sean? What you got? So, my number three, uh, I only share one movie. Um, so, the advantage of having a uh, having a storied career is that we have lots of movies to choose from. <laughs> this is crazy. That's um, great. So, my number three, um, I actually was going to do an honorable mention for something, and I forgot what. it Well, was you could do be. it. We've already done ours, so you can certainly. Oh, well, the problem is, is I forgot what it was going to be, because um, it wasn't going to be any of the ones that you said, and it sure as hell wasn't going to be the Da Vinci Code, which has got his, oh. what he is known for. I think that's actually oh, yeah. one of the worst he's ever done, and I don't, I don't entirely blame him for that, just saying. Um, I mean, maybe my, my honorable mention would be... A league of their own. I like to men. It's kind of fun. Or <laughs> yeah, that's great. Or that yeah. thing. That thing you There's do. no crying in baseball. Yeah, that's a great line. No crying in baseball. Anybody ever tell you look like a little penis with a hat on? Um, <laughs> uh, that thing you do is great. Um, I, I, that's actually really good. Um, so I don't know. It would probably have to be that. You know, those are my. So I'm just gonna just say those are my my honorable mentions. Uh, my number, so my number three, actual number three is why it's the Polar Express, of course. Oh, I love the Polar Express. Oh, oh I yeah. hate that movie. Why? The Dead Eyes. Okay, you have to get past that. They freak me out too. And every oh. year we watch this, I look at Sarah and say, "If they only would have waited like two more years to make this movie, yeah. right? Yeah, it was made in yeah. two thousand four. You know." Just, just 2006, we had figured some of that stuff out. Imagine if they remastered it today. I mean, but oh. I, the eyes, I, I can't watch it. it, it the, the, I mean, the, I'd have nightmares. They, <laughs> they don't bother me as much as they obviously bother you, um, and it's a family tradition to watch that. We'll watch yeah, it. Uh, like, and we'll talk about the Dead Eyes in uh, Rogue One, Two here in a few. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> we'll probably watch it Thursday. We drink hot chocolate and, but. Yes. You okay over there? 
Oh, the ghost in the, the Sorry, ghost in the there's basement weird is... noises happening now. I'm getting kind yeah. of freaked out. Anyway. So we are talking about dead eyes. So. I know, right? Um, yeah. Anyway. This new place we're staying in, it's a rental and it makes weird noises. Um, oh, what the hell is he saying? Oh, no. So I love, we love the Polar Express in it. I think it's really good. And I think he's good in it as a voice actor and... Uh-huh. All the voices. Oh, yeah, because he, he literally does all of them, except like the kid. <laughs> um, and you learn that he can actually sing, actually kind of pronounce it kind of well. So number two is Big uh, for me. I love Big. Okay, yeah. That was a childhood favorite growing up. Um, uh-huh. uh, as a child. How many of us wanted that to happen? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You know, to have the big apartment and all the fun stuff that he had in his apartment. Oh, my gosh. Here, the best part oh. is to see things through an eyes of a child right yeah, so when he yeah. gets his first paycheck and he's like eleven hundred dollars he's like that's the most money he's ever seen in his life whereas <laughs> we would the three of us would look at that and go shit that's not yeah. even, that's not even gonna cover the mortgage you know like so yeah <laughs> that was back in the 80s too. it was in the 80s but i mean it's yeah. still the 80s of new york or True. something right yeah so, yeah, you know. yeah. And my number one would be, and it was funny, um, we were with my parents this past weekend, um, and this movie came on, uh, one of the movie, there are free movie channels that they get, and my wife says, I've never seen this movie before, and we started watching it, and I claim that it is Ron Howard's finest film as a director. Apollo? Apollo 13. Yeah, that was in my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. um, Love, it is a great you know, film. I love that movie. I'm sorry, Sam. Great I must, soundtrack. I must have missed it when you said that. I apologize. But, oh, yeah, James Horner is amazing. It's uh-huh. just another litany of, oh, yeah, that guy's in it, and oh, yeah, that guy's in it, and it's the only movie I don't Bill hate Bill Paxton in. <laughs> uh, and in fairness, and I had forgotten this, he spends half the movie sick, so yeah. he can barely do yeah. anything. So I'm like, that's perfect for you, your acting range. Um <laughs> Ron Howard was a genius to get that much out of him. I mean, that movie. Uh-huh. So we watched it, but we started the movie started at like ten o'clock at night. So by the time they had to do, they've already gone around the moon, right? And then they've already had their issues. They come around the moon, and they had to do that that burn where they had to do it like by hand. She, my wife, had already fallen asleep. Well, there's still like forty more minutes of movie to go. So uh, she'll uh, we'll have to. I, I don't own it. My parents own it on VHS. Again, two cassette uh, uh, VHSs because it's like a two-hour and 40-minute movie. So Nice. Uh, yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Fan flip fantastic. So there you go. Top three Tom Hanks movies. Um, well, since, since no one mentioned my honorable mentions, I want to throw those out there real no, quick. Go ahead, please. Uh, Bridge of Spies and oh, Captain Phillips. I've not seen Captain movies. Phillips, but yeah. Bridge of Spies. He was, does was so good. Yeah, he does really well in Captain Phillips. I, I oh, did yeah. have, I had Toy Story three in my uh, my honorable mentions for the voice acting. Oh yeah, in that. So I don't yeah. honestly. I can say this and be, yeah, I can be very truthful here. I don't think I have seen anything that he has been in <laughs> that I have not liked. I mean, even some of the quirky things like uh, You've Got Mail. Or, even those are. Are watchable, or you know, Joe yeah. versus the volcano. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I haven't seen that one. But. Oh, really? You actually like that? It's kind of a silly thing. Charlie Wilson's War. He's good in. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm going through it now too to see if there's anything. Yeah, 
um, you know, actor, not producer here. So, Good Lord, he produces a lot, by the way. So here's yeah. one. This is for whatever reason. I loved this movie as a kid, and I watched it a whole bunch. I'm not really sure why, but Radio Flyer. He's now yeah. he's just the narrator, right? He's not really acting in it. He's just the narrator, but it stars Elijah Wood and Adam Baldwin. Um, um, oh. You know, Serenity's own Adam Baldwin, but you never see his face because he's the bad guy. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a kind of a dark movie for a kids movie. But I watched this a lot when I was a kid, and um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I mean, you know, Dragnet. He's not really good in Dragnet, but. You know, I'd, I don't think the movie was good, but he didn't—he didn't, he didn't well, do a bad yeah, job in it. Yeah, he's not bad. At it. I mean, Splash. I, I, yeah, one movie we didn't mention too is The Money Pit. I love. Oh, that's the a Money funny Pit. movie. That's a funny movie. Oh, that cracks me up. Yeah. He's gonna be in uh, uh, Toy Story Four. And he's yeah, doing... why couldn't they stop with three? Oh, I don't know. It was such a, <laughs> it was such a perfect ending. It was it a really perfect was. ending. What is this one? Uh, there are no. There's no story. We don't know. No. Oh, Woody and Buzz go on adventure to find the one toy who was given away, Bo Peep. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, she was oh, a. Bo oh. Peep was the kind of the hopping man of the. Yeah, uh, yeah she just toy disappeared. Story toy Story World. Yeah, she just disappeared in the third one, didn't she? Anyway, <laughs> I'm just. It kind of weirds me out. Toys trying to. Are they having sex or something? I don't know what's going on there. It's weird. <laughs> Dude, well, you're also the one that doesn't like those cars movie. I can't. Fi- like, are they? Are they like? I mean, they, they can't have <laughs> sex. Like, do they? They would. They would dent each other, right? They manufacture each other. Yeah. yeah. They just. Like you, like yeah. all right, time to have a kid. Okay, what are we gonna have? Well, I don't Gotta know. Gotta order it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go to the dealership. I mean, um, so you know, you're um, you're a, a race car, which I'm not sure what model you are. You're just generic race car. You kind of look like a Corvette, <laughs> and you're a Porsche. So what would that make? I don't know. Uh, uh, this, you know this is a child's movie, right, Sean? It doesn't I mean, like... matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can't. Oh, I love it. I can't. My brain, I can't turn it off. Like, again, and people laugh at me like you guys are right now. I understand. Like, again, Star Wars, I'm fine with because you establish these rules, right? The rules mm-hmm. are we're in a different galaxy, so some things are different, which is fine. And we have space magic, and and robots can can make dumb jokes and be grumpy and whatever. And I'm fine with that because you establish those rules really early, even in Star Trek. It's just our future, so we're not doing anything that's unrealistic. Might okay, un, okay, unbelievable. Yeah, unrealistic. Fine, but it's not unbelievable. I mean, it's all fairly. All right, fine. We're we're building this in the sense of our normal world, but when you're giving inanimate objects life that's when i have issue i mean i'm even okay with like kung fu panda and stuff like that because the whole world is inhabited by these intelligent animals and they they you know they solve the problem of animals eating other animals by they all just eat tofu and dumplings and rice so uh just I can't. <laughs> no, no offense. I think you're reading a little too much. I know I am. Yeah, just, I know just I am. A kid movie. I know That's what it is. And my yeah. son loves it. And there's actually a four foot wide, two and a half foot tall uh, cardboard cutout of Lightning McQueen on his bedroom wall because I got it from work. So, like, I'm gonna fuel his. So, like, how do you handle like shows like Dino Trucks? I don't watch them. <laughs> I just can't because. 
Dino Trucks is awful either, too. It's like, <laughs> it, just, it, it kills me. I can't, I can't do it. it just <laughs> like I'm actually, no. I'm actually more okay with Dinosaur Train. How these dinosaurs oh. somehow have this magical train that can go through the different time periods, and they don't even have opposable thumbs that they can build trains and submarines. Beautiful, yeah. And all this stuff, and I'm actually okay with that because, um, it, though it's totally unrealistic, I'm fine with that. I know I just I'll every now and then I look at Sarah and go, so who maintains the train and who <laughs> is there? Yeah. Me, in, meanwhile, the kids are playing with sticks and, right. and gourds. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and they don't eat meat. They they eat carrion, which no one knows what that is. It's just gray, and they well they eat fish. <laughs> And why are some, uh, and I can't I can't turn my brain off. I really can't. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, are we ready to do our out of ten? Is that where we are in the in the show? I can't remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, out of ten, uh, Andrew. Well, I, as you have already said, I, I think this is one of the more perfect movies that we've seen for our podcast, and I. I'm going to agree with you on that. I, I, you know, it's not a movie I want to watch all the time, but it is a movie that I have a hard time finding flaws with. Uh, so I'm going to give this uh, an 8.7. Okay. Um, so at an hour and a half into our show, hour 20 into our show, Corny has not called, so I'm assuming he's not joining us tonight. Mm-hmm. With that being said, he did, however, text me his rating for the movie he did watch it and he was able to at least give me his rating um though he wasn't able to join us tonight when he gave it a 9.8 wow wow so wow wow i well it did have explosions that's uh that's one tenth of a point less than his favorite movie of all time scott pilgrim versus the world so goodness gracious uh, i don't know maybe it's i don't know uh sam um, this I, I kind of agree with with Andrew. It's hard to to detract from this movie at all. It's, it is almost a perfect movie. The only thing I can detract from it is just rewatchability. I can't sit and watch this thing over and over again. Um, it's just too hard to do that. Uh-huh. Um, nor would I think I'd want to. I want the impact to to, to stay with me and not be uh, desensitized to it. So I, I'll probably give it an eight and a half out of ten. Um, Arms on the battlefield out of out of ten, eight and a half. Okay. Um, Top to you there, Sean. Um, so, um, I'm gonna go a little higher than that because oh, wow. okay. I I think this movie is fantastic. Again, rewatchability. Am I gonna want to watch it again tonight or even next month? No, I'm good for a while. You know, I need some fun, um, which is why <laughs> which we've got coming up. Um, Kung Fu Hustle. Well, we've got the next three or four movies are kind of that fun because we've had three movies in a row of kind of hard, violent kind of things. So we're going to go something ridiculous next, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, So with that being said, um, I'm going to rock this out with a uh, uh, a 9.2. Hello, Jenny. My name is Michael Kane. So, <laughs> out of five. Now, I'm I also cheated, and I apologize. But, actually, I don't, I don't apologize. I'm doing it on purpose. Um, I, I wanted it actually to be our highest rated film. 
because, yeah. because yeah, I love okay this that. movie and I think it's fantastic. And before I looked at what our highest rated film is, I had forgotten that it was Jurassic Park. So that same <laughs> wasn't meant to be a slight on you. I thought it was still Wolf of Wall Street, and I wanted this to be above Wolf of Wall Street. Is basically what oh I yeah. I had Definitely forgot. Did. I forgot Jurassic Park was there. So with my yeah. vote of nine point two, that will firmly uh, place this as our number one ranked movie of all time. So and isn't that crazy? The top two films on our list are Spielberg. Are Spielberg films? Yeah, and and honestly, Sam. I'm going to give you yep. a little grief. Oh, never mind. Actually, I was going to say, I was going to give you some grief because you haven't updated the, the show, but Jaws is up here. So, uh, Jaws, however, is in our top 25. Yeah. So, yep. three movies in our top 25 are, um, are that Spielberg. Spielberg movies. Yep. In fact, okay, hang in there. One, two, three. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, yeah. Okay, top uh, four in our top 25 are war movies. And then you can add in, if you want to make the argument, that Star Wars and Civil War are considered war movies, then that would add in. <laughs> I wouldn't do one. Civil War, but I'd do Star Wars, certainly. All right, well, then that, that's four, five. Well, you got Hunt for Red. Yeah. That's not a war movie, though. But there's military. Hunt for Red? It's not a war movie. There's, there's no one at war. It's all covert and... It's Cold War. Sort of. <sighs> Remember the action? The, no, nothing... Nothing you're about to see actually took place, remember? So it didn't actually happen. That's right. Okay. Anyway, that's it. So um, okay. that, that's our show. We, we didn't have an email. We did have, however, a request. So I'm going to go ahead and read that right now. I did get a text from my brother-in-law who really had a good time on the show last uh, last. And we enjoyed week. having him, too. He and was, yeah, he was we a lot did. of fun. We had a lot of, yeah, mm -hmm. we, he was, uh, and I was, um, he might listen to this show. Uh, I don't know. JP, we had a lot of fun. And frankly, I was... Um, surprised how well how well you took to the show does that make sense like some yeah, people yeah. It is well. yeah some people might kind of get overwhelmed with the fact that hundreds of people listen to this show i mean and we make seven. we make fun of the fact that yeah we say seven hundreds of people <laughs> do listen to the show so um you can that can kind of get overwhelming and he just hung out with the three of us which i think was great but his request yeah. was Spectral on Netflix was awesome. Sci-fi all the way. This is great. <laughs> Only JP. Only JP would would say this. Okay, Spectral on Netflix was awesome. Sci-fi all the way, but very entertaining. <laughs> like like that's a that's a negative. It's sci-fi all the way. That's, to him? Oh. Yeah, to him to him that's a it negative. Makes me sad a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, so Spectral he wants us to do it, so it's on the list. I'll put it somewhere. Spectral. And since it's a Netflix movie, I doubt it's going to get pulled anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave it. Um, I'll, it might get farther down. Anyway, that's it. So there you go. All right. So at this part of the show, at an hour and 30 some minutes, we're going to take a few minutes and talk about Rogue One. We're not going to do its own full show. Just it's we're, insanely we're, spoilerific, uh, by the way. For, for several reasons. One, um, I... We're kind of booked, and we're getting requests, and I want to I want to um, fill those obligations. So, Rogue One. So at this point, bam! Spoiler alert. Now again, I went on a rant on Facebook about this the day. How could you spoil the movie? We know they get the plans. All right. So yeah, right. I kind of got annoyed with that. So basically, there is only really one spoiler, and that is what happens to the characters in the movie. Now, I'm going to yeah. be very honest with you. If you went into this movie expecting to see cool characters that were going to live, 
you <laughs> should have not been paying attention because they. But the yeah. crazy, the crazy thing is the original script before the reshoots, mm-hmm. we're going to have them live. Is that why they had to do reshoots? I believe, yeah, a lot of it was. Yeah, you can't have them live because they're no. they're cool characters, and you're going to want to. Well, why aren't they in a New Hope? Well, they exactly. they couldn't have been. Um, and frankly, I think it cheapens the movie if they live. Absolutely, yeah, honestly, I agree. absolutely. This had to be a Titanic. This had to be an all or nothing, all in. Yeah, you know, to, to the death to make it impactful enough to to show the the sacrifice they had to make to get those plans. Right. It, and that's you've what it was. You've it, either got to kill off the characters or you've got to use characters that are in the original, you know, four, five, and six that are not huge in those movies, but are there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah, that's supposed to be the guy that's sitting next to Han in the briefing room who's just the ground troop or something, right? Like, yeah. Or, which, which you couldn't do. It, and have these very interesting, very recognizable, very different characters in order for them, for their, their, Mission to mean something. They had yes. to sacrifice themselves. And what I think it does, which is why I'm glad they did the reshoot, Sam, if you're correct in that, is it yeah. it makes what they did matter. Yep. And it also makes A New Hope better. Oh, yeah. Because I then totally agree. You yep. watch the beginning of new, A New Hope and you're like, I know what shit those people went through to get to this point. And, uh-huh. it, and it, all yeah. of that boils down to two little flipping droids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so that was that. So, I'm gonna just go ahead and start off and say this. Uh, Andrew made the joke about dead eyes. Okay, I thought they <laughs> I did. did. Actually, I think I did, didn't I? Yeah, oh, yeah, you, you did. did. Sorry. Yeah. So they made they Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin was a little awkward, and Sarah looked at me and said, "Why is he CGI?" And I said, "Because the actor's dead." So. Yeah. By, by something of twenty years. Yeah, he was he was old in seventy seven. I mean, he was he, yeah, he's long yeah. since gone. So I didn't feel like his CGI was terrible though. It, it wasn't bad, and I think for several reasons. One, he has a stiff face and palate anyway. I mean, when he talked on Star Wars, he barely moved muscles. It just right, like yeah. he was more like a puppet, right? So. Uh, he just has an imposing presence because he's a tall man and and whatever. But it was still noticeable, and it it that's the one thing that took me out of the movie. And I will it, tell you. it was a little noticeable, and it didn't bother me too much. And the more screen time he got, I was more kind of like, okay, fine, um, yeah. with it. I For, think they could have done it better though, differently. They, I don't know in if, terms of hiding him in shadow a little bit, or well, just I, a lot of not, his stuff was darker. You know, he was, you know. Yeah, but there were also was, scenes where it was his face. I mean, yeah. right, gigantic in the screen was him. Yeah, you know, talking to somebody else, or and, it was close up. Yeah, so his was fine. It didn't really bother me. Now Leia's bothered me because it oh, looked. Oh yeah. So, oh, I loved Leia's. I thought that was great. Oh, I hers bothered me because it looked video gameish, and frankly, mm-hmm. I would have been better off had she not ever turned around. The guy comes mm-hmm. in and says, here are the plans. And then when she turns around to face the front, the camera goes behind her to look out the front window. We're still to her back. And then the dude says, what do you have? And then she says, a new hope. And then credits, which is obviously what happens. Um, uh, I would have been fine with that. I would have been fine with them not having to try to CGI yeah. Carrie Fisher. Um, one of the, what was the other thing that really kind of annoyed me? Uh, I can't remember. So the thing that I loved, all right, so there's two things that, yep. there's three things that I f- 
flipping loved about this movie. And I mean really loved. One, K2SO, as voiced by <laughs> Alan Tudyk, was phenomenal. Perfect. And every Perfect. scene that he was in, yeah. he stole the show. Wash was, a, was a, he was amazing. He was yeah. great. Um, and, and I loved him, and he was snarky, and I want all robots to be snarky from now on. Okay? <laughs> Number two. Okay? And again, you guys will feel free to, to throw your, your, your things. Number two, things I love. Uh, friggin' Donnie Yen was yes. amazing. Yep. He was awesome, oh, yeah. and he was fantastic. And when they saw him in the trailer, people said, are you a Force user? And he's like, no, there are no Jedi in this movie. Um, but his, him and his sidekick were great, and I loved them, and they were, yes. they, they were just, I am one with the Force, the Force is with me. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. And he walks across that battlefield to hit the switch, and he was great. I loved it, okay? Number three, yeah. things I love. I loved that they showed that the Rebellion isn't a bunch of flipping goody two-shoes out to do the right thing. <laughs> dude, he, he shot him in cold blood. He shot that dude in the back, right? I mean, just uh, boom. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And he did it because he had to, because he knew that the, the Empire would capture that dude and torture him and get all the information yep. that they needed about the Rebellion, and he couldn't have that. And... That wasn't his mission. And not to mention opening the world up. And of course, you know, I don't watch the Rebels cartoon stuff, but the the the, the um, radicalized um, people that are fighting for the, um, not yeah. the alliance, the uh, for the rebels. the rebels, yeah. You know, and I was like, whoa, you know, here we have terrorists. Basically, yeah. The emperor or empire would consider these people terrorists. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, so those are the things that I thought were great. I mean, I really enjoyed their characters. Uh, the trope of the girl when they're wronged parents. All right, fine, it's a trope, whatever. But it's it's a Star Wars trope, right? You know, like yeah, the you have to have some sort of parental problem issue. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Other thing, DeForest Whitaker was completely underused, and I hated his voice. He was annoying. Oh, I did too. I didn't know if the oxygen was supposed to be funny or not. I didn't think from it... from what I've read, um, the reshoots took a lot of his stuff out. He's also in his character is in the Clone Wars cartoon, from mm-hmm. what I've been told, and I didn't know that. He's not yeah. in Rebels. I've watched Rebels. Well, I haven't seen this season, but I've watched seasons one and two, uh, and Rebels is actually pretty good, which I've said on the yeah. show. Uh, I wanted more of him, and I didn't get enough of him, and again, his voice annoyed me. Whatever, fine. <laughs> um, something else that annoyed me. So How about some inventive space battle? Oh, yeah, the space battles were great. Um, I loved you know, the Corvette. We need, I got an idea. Give me a Corvette. And he freaking smashes it into that starter story. And then, well, I mean, that was great. Rams the other one. Yeah. Oh, that was a cool oh, scene. Yeah. That was cool, and I really appreciated the fact, and Sarah kind of, Poked fun of this, but I liked it. So the original Star Wars battle starter stories—they're models, right? They're models. They're six foot long yeah. models, made of plastic. And in this, there's a couple moments where we're really up close to these things, and she's like, "They kind of look like toy models." And I'm like, "I think that's on purpose, right? They didn't want yep. the ships to look more futuristic than what they would be in what would the be next liter- movie. the yeah. next movie, which uh-huh. would be literally in just the next. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't want them to look." So I, I appreciated the nod. I got a little annoyed with the Easter eggs. Hey, look, here's the blue milk. Hey, look, there's the guy that uh, Obi-Wan's going to cut his arm off later on. Hey, look, is, I, I got kind of annoyed with that a little bit. I love that, though. That was, well, I, I don't know. I, was, I fall for those types of things. It was too much fan I was like, oh, service. cool, there they are. I didn't, I didn't feel like they were overly done. 
I, I appreciated them, but I, did, I didn't feel like they were too much. It did, again, it didn't take me out of the film. It was just one of those... Um, Here's I, another thing. Here's I started thing. counting. Yeah. And, and again, and maybe... There's know. like 15 or so, yeah. Yeah, like... There's a lot. And and call me... Somebody might be listening going, you freaking hypocrite. You loved it when they did it in the new in the Star Trek reboot. And and my thought... And, and my only defense to that would be they did less of them, and that was purely fan service. Like, hey, there's a triple. You know... So I guess I'm, I guess I'm being hypocritical. Wouldn't this be purely fan service? And to that's have what, the, uh, And you're right, and it is. It's truly. Yeah. It is just fan service. But I guess my point is, is that for what it, what it felt like in the Trek movie, it was just there. It is in the background, as opposed to we're going to literally zoom the camera on the blue milk for two seconds. I mean, he literally yeah. did that, you know, and. Like it almost went out of his way a couple of times to show us stuff, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. I loved Gareth Edwards. Um, I loved the way he sets up the set pieces in terms of depth and scale. Yeah. Um, the beach scenes against the, the walkers were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Just so very cool. And, you know, where you're seeing the explosions from up in the tower, you know, it just, it gave, gave you a sense of place Pers- and, and perspective. Yeah. And, yeah, and perspective, and I, I, I really like that. And I don't think any of the other, maybe a little bit in The Force Awakens did that a little bit, um, but I, I, I don't know, it just makes it feel even more lived in and real to me. Yeah. It was very grounded, I think, in, kind of yeah. in the reality of Star Wars. Um, did you notice that uh, Gareth put in his monster in there from his movie Monsters? I didn't know until I started reading some stuff afterwards. The the jail cell she's in, yeah. her her companion there was basically a bipedal version of his monster from his movie Monsters. Yeah. Um. So, which it was fine. I didn't. I I, I laughed, and Sarah kind of gave me a look. She's like, "What are you laughing at?" Like, There's nothing funny here. I'm like, oh, "I'll tell you later." Um. <laughs> we went a movie. We went on a two o'clock on Saturday. There was seven other people in the theater opening weekend. Whoa. In Gastonia, like. So Where were they? Uh, I don't know. And we went to the IMAX. We, not IMAX. We went to the 3D, which was fine. Um, yeah, we didn't do 3D, but we did that big D max in Hickory. Oh, yeah, the big D. Yeah, the big D. It's not called that, but I like, I like calling and, it the big uh, D. I, uh, I had to sit in the handicap row, so it was a little, oh, yeah. a little closer than I'd like. Yeah, that sucks. But, um, but it was still pretty cool. So I'm going to say this. And uh, we can go on if you want or end it with this. And I've gotten looks from people who have seen the movie that have, that, have, that have kind of disagreed with me. Though I got into a pretty heated discussion with one of my students today because he didn't like it at all. And then... Who? What? Did you say who? No, I said ooh. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, How, yeah, ooh. And, and it was ooh. mostly... What's the bastard's name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me look him up. Uh, and basically, after talking I with him, I said Michael Caine after him. <laughs> basically, after talking with him, his issues with the movie are his own and his own mistakes. He's like, mm. they never mentioned any Bothans. I'm like, that's not this movie. This movie takes place before the fourth movie. Bothans are in the sixth movie. And he goes, <laughs> Are you serious? I said, Yeah, that's not this movie. And he goes, Oh, well, I was okay. Well, then that makes it a little bit better. Like there was like four <laughs> moments of that where he he got mad at the movie, and it was basically because he he doesn't know Star Wars well enough to 
understand it. Mm. You, you know. Here, so you you had to show them how big a fan you are. Sort of. I had to kind of explain the ways of the force a little bit. But I'll 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 say this simply this. Uh, I thought it was a really really good film, but mm-hmm. I did not leave the movie excited like I did for Force Awakens. Yeah. I walked yeah. away from Force yeah. Awakens giddy and energetic and nerded out because the movie gives us questions. Who are Ray's parents? What about Finn? Is Finn going to become a Force user? And, you know, how did how did uh, Goggle Eyes Lady get the lightsaber? And what is Mark Hamill now going to do? And, like, all of these questions that we now have we need answers for the next for. movie. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. this movie creates questions and then answers them that we didn't need answering, right? And and Sam, when you mentioned, I think Sam, maybe Andrew, I've already forgotten, mentioned Apollo thirteen in your in, in your honorable mention. That's because I was reading an article, sorry, um, about one question that this movie answers is why did it take so long to build the first Death Star, but only four years to build the second one. And that's simply because they didn't have a power source powerful enough to power the, 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 the device, the machine, the Death Star, until they were able to mine up the kyber crystals, which, we, of course, we know powers lightsabers. So, yeah. anyway. Well, and I, I somewhat agree with you, but only it, it, to me, this was like, I'm sorry, The Force Awakens is like going into a new theme park. And, you know, the, the new theme park is open. There's going to be rides. You haven't rid, ridden on all of them yet, but you know they're going to be awesome. Yeah. This was like looking at a looking through a window into a specific part of a theme park. Um, it, it's there. I love it. But, of course, you know, there, it had to end <laughs> the way it ended well, um, well, to I, make it fit within the canon. And, and I, I think that's partially why you're not. You yeah. didn't leave excited is because we this is a Titanic of sorts. We knew what was going to happen before we went yeah. in there. Yeah. And I, and I know that. I, yeah. I think this, you know, in terms of I'm, when my children are finally old enough to see this and and they will. I know they're girls, but they're going to love it anyway. I don't care. Um, this sets up episode four. Amazing. Amazingly. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader has never been so scary as he was in the last five minutes of this film. Oh yeah. He, I, I, I get chills even thinking about the, the, you know, when the lightsaber turns on and the sheer terror of him ripping through the rebels like he was doing is just uh, incredible. And, and uh, new hope doesn't portray him in as much of a threat like they did in this movie. Oh no. Yeah. No. In a new hope, remember he picks up one dude with his bare hands and then throws him against the wall. He yeah. sort of force chokes one of those douchebags in the little committee meeting that they're having. He mm-hmm. has a really shitty-looking duel with Obi-Wan, and then he's in yep. a TIE fighter. That's Darth Vader. Like, yeah. That's his entire existence in that movie. Or he stands yeah. around a lot, too. With Grand, It's not uh, until with, he starts fighting um, Anakin. I mean, it's not Anakin. Oh, good Lord. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Um, no, Luke in, in the fifth uh, Empire Strikes Back, yeah, that he yeah. starts to get real kind of real scary. And actually he's able to use some force powers and stuff like that. Yeah. Basically what they did was they gave us, uh, you've not played the new one, Sam, but it's basically they gave us what he does in Battlefront, the video game. 
They gave yeah. us video game Darth Vader. The only thing he didn't do that you can do in that game is he didn't throw his lightsaber and then, you know, force pull it back. And call it back. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing he didn't do. I mean, when he force pulled that guy, threw him up into the ceiling, and then walked past him and then dropped him, it was cool. Uh-huh. It was great. It was really cool. Yeah. I mean, he was a one-man boarding party because he knew that he wouldn't be hurt. Um, yeah, it was just so amazing. It was oh. it was very cool. So, And when he had his little uh, chat with the director, uh, and he was, you know, don't choke on your own ambitions and stuff, like... Like that, that, yeah, that was a little eye rolling. It but. was a little eye rolling. It was a little cheesy, um, you know. And uh, but the fact that they showed him, you know, out of his suit, getting you know medical care, I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Um, so again, I, I I really I liked the movie a lot. I think it was really yeah. good. It's not. It's certainly not my favorite. Um, and I I, I I still think Force beats it. I do too. Again, and for the same reasons you mentioned before, it's just that it's it's setting up so much more yeah. that we don't know. And frankly, uh, Force is a f- is more fun of a movie. It's just fun, you know. Like there's just, you know, I mean, the little droid gives him a thumbs up with a light, you know, with a with a, with yeah. a cigarette lighter, yeah. and Han says that's not how the Force works, you know. So there's there's some more jokes and stuff like that. Again, not that there weren't jokes. I mean, there was dry humor. Again. K2 was fantastic, and he stole yeah. every scene he was in. You sure two are having an awful lot of explosions for somebody trying to blend in, and then he throws a grenade and kills six stormtroopers. It was great. So, <laughs> and his death was fantastic and emotional. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I, I got more emotional at his death than anyone else's, uh, though Donnie Yen's was great, too, with the guy who, with the vacuum cleaner on his back. His was good, too, but, you know, when the when the, the robot does his thing, his, his last act is to... Uh, you know, to to help his his his. You know, I will come along too, because the captain told me to. You know, so he he was good. All right, that's our show, and it is. Uh... <laughs> and I'm <laughs> and laughing. We've lost Sam. We've lost Sam. His computer has completely crashed, and his uh, message to us is CPU shit down, shit even, <laughs> shut, shut, shut. <laughs> So um, I will simply just go ahead and play us out of the show. Um, So uh, if you uh, agree or disagree with anything we said about Rogue One, feel free to shoot us an email or or tweet or whatever. Um, I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. I just suck at Twitter. Uh, And our Twitter handle, of course, is at CheapSeatCast. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CheapSeatReviews. Visit our website, CheapSeatReviews.com. Sam is still sick, and or not sick, but he's bro- leg's broken. He hasn't had a chance to update the website in a while. So we'll get there eventually. Of course, you may leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. <laughs> and while you're there, just go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Also on YouTube. I need to write that in my script here. We're on YouTube. I don't know if you knew that or not. but um, It's YouTube. just videos of... It's yeah. us, uh, well, it's actually flipping just, each other off. It's actually a video of uh, of the logo, but you can still hear the audio. So in case you... Uh, if you if YouTube is your favorite, if your preferred uh, how you consume things, that's fine. Um, uh, and of course, you can always send us your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail dot com. Next week we're doing Gremlins, and I think we're gonna try to do it live. We're gonna do a live yeah. show. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so Gremlins is gonna be our Christmas episode, but we will actually have Christmas before then. So. On behalf of Sam, whose computer just crashed, Corny, who we miss, uh, we've not had him on in a month now, 
Uh, Andrew, this is Sean saying thank you for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. We will see you next week. And, um, and of course, as always, uh, may the Force be with you. Other thing that he had a complaint about, my student, was the fact that there was no opening scroll and no opening Star Wars text. And I was yeah, like, I, I heard about that before I even went to see it, so I was prepared not to see it. Right, but I said, but remember, this isn't an episode of Star Wars. This is, this is just, this is what previously on Star Wars. I mean, that's literally what this is, right? It's just to get us to right. a new hope, right? A new hope is the story. This is just how do we get there, right? So, anyway. I did. I mean, I I don't miss the scrolling words because, frankly, I've never liked that, and I even that's I, it's just my laziness. I don't like to read, <laughs> but uh, I, that part didn't bother me. What bothered me was I didn't get the main Star Wars theme and the Star Wars logo pop up at the beginning. Well, because uh, I I didn't know that that wasn't going to be there, and then after it happened, I was like, oh well, okay, I guess we're just going to jump right in here. Well, Michael Giacchino did the score, okay, and he yeah. And if you go back and if you <coughs> you watch the Star Trek reboot, the 09 reboot, right? Yeah. So he did the same thing in that. You don't get yeah. the Star Trek theme until the very end. And his mm-hmm. mind, and he said it for Star Trek. Now I'm going to make the assumption. I'm going to put words mm-hmm. in his mouth. This is what he said. You've got to earn it. You've got to wait until we get to Star Wars. When yeah. you see Leia, when you see the droids, you're going to have to earn your Star Wars theme, and then I'll give it to you in the, literally in the ending credits that lead you into A New Hope. So that's why he did it. I think I'm, again, making a decision for him or making up uh, what he would think. But That's probably why. But that's why, I think that's why he did it, because that's what he did yeah. in Star Trek. He said, you got to earn it, and, he, and you had to wait until Leonard Nimoy said on camera, space, the final frontier, these are the voyages, blah, 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 before you got the uh, Alexander Courage arrangement of the Star Trek theme. So Right. Yeah. Anyway, all right. And uh, that's actually going to do it now for our show. Thank you for listening. Good night.